Hey everyone, this is Sam, your second favorite host of the podcast, and I just wanted to let you all know that we will not be releasing Shipwreck this week, but instead, as a special treat, we'll be releasing one new episode and one old episode, both of which are very, very Halloween-oriented because of the holiday that's coming up soon, Halloween. This episode will be a re-release of our second episode ever, Halloween Town. And then on this Sunday, we will be releasing Halloween Town 2, Spooky's Revenge. It's not actually called Spooky's Revenge, but I felt like that should be what it's called. So without any further ado, I hope you enjoy our second and now 30-something episode. Welcome to now the second episode of our very famous podcast, which now is a name. It does have a name. Of Disney Channel Original Original Newbies. And with our second episode, we decided to choose a very, very special movie, which was the movie Halloween Town, which came out in 1998. Now, Joanna, have you ever seen Halloween Town? I, of course, have not because, as we mentioned in episode one, I had a deprived childhood and the only Disney Channel original movie I have ever seen is High School Musical. So I definitely recall seeing this movie. I remember it being one of my favorite movies of these Disney Channel movies. Um, I think it's a very notable because of the subject matter probably as a child i was very interested in halloween which if you don't know by now this movie is about halloween almost entirely so it was a very memorable moment for me watching this i would say that it was a very very memorable moment for me watching this last night for the first time probably for the exact same reasons it was memorable for you as a child and the fun thing about this one is that it came out in october in 1998 so it was very perfect timing for it to come out a few weeks before halloween that year do you think they did that on purpose i think it was probably an accident my guess is they probably meant to have brink come out this weekend but they just mixed up the dates or someone got it wrong and they had to uh push this one back yeah you're probably right you that's certainly what happened (laughs) so let's get into what happens in this amazing movie We open up on a massive pumpkin, which there's no context to, just a very, very large pumpkin. Do you have any recollection of what you were thinking as a nine-year-old? I definitely don't remember the opening. I don't remember the pumpkin specifically, but I remember some of the characters and subject matter, but I didn't remember like scene for scene or things, small things like that. So what kind of things... Did you remember before we, before I watched the movie for the first time and you rewatched the movie? So I remembered that there were a bunch of witches, some of which were children. I remember that the grandmother was like the main witch and that the kids didn't know, either didn't know that they were witches or didn't know they had powers and that they had to like save halloween town i didn't remember the bad guy i don't remember most of the other characters and things like that 
but definitely remember the grandma and the kids. I don't think I remember that there was even a mother, just the grandma and the kids. Okay, so you remember the general outline of the movie. Yes, and that obviously it was very Halloween-centric, but that was a given, I think. I would agree, yeah. (laughs) So we open with the pumpkin, and then we have, I think it's just kids outside trick-or-treating in the real world or the mortal the world, mortal world they call yes. in the movie yeah so there's kids trick-or-treating and then there's a little girl looking out the window who then we learn is named sophie she's probably what like six seven years old around there and she's, and she's staring longingly out the window yeah and it's a very sad scene seeing this little child not out there with her classmates and friends trick-or-treating and my thought was, if this movie is called Halloween Town, why are these kids stuck inside on Halloween? That's a really good thought. My first thought, although I saw the movie already, was there were so many people trick-or-treating in that one neighborhood. And it didn't even seem like there was like massive houses or a ton of like apartments or anything like that. It just okay. seemed like a normal like suburban neighborhood. Well, people are saving money on their mortgage or rent so that they can buy full-size candy bars on Halloween. That might be true, but there seem to be hundreds of kids and parents. Very few parents, but hundreds of kids out there, at least. I think you're underestimating the allure of a full-size candy bar. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess they all just uh, commute over there for the for the good stuff, for that grade A crunch Would bars. and did. So what's your favorite halloween treat or i guess candy i would say in general chocolate the type of chocolate i mean obviously snickers and reese's are grade a milky ways probably a b and three musketeers are a c um other types of candy like lollipops and nerds eh. as a kid i liked them a lot but now i don't really care yeah, I liked. I didn't really like nerds ever. I don't think they kind of hurt my teeth. I felt when I ate them. Definitely with you with the chocolate. Definitely M and M's peanut variety is my favorite. And then I could definitely see Reese's for sure. Reese's Pieces are great too. When did Reese's Pieces come out? I feel like they weren't a thing when we were kids. I don't remember a time before those existed, so I have no idea. The dark days before Reese's Pieces. So I either had my memory wiped of that time, or they were around our entire lifetime. Or I just don't remember, which is, any of those is definitely possible. Could it be possible that they've been around for decades, and I was so deprived that not only did I not have Disney Channel, but I also didn't know about Reese's Pieces? I guess that's possible. Wait, actually, do you want to tell the audience how many trick-or-treaters you would get normally on Halloween? Normally, we would get anywhere between zero and three trick-or-treaters on Halloween. And how many houses would you go to on Halloween? Oh, I went to a ton of houses. We went to a different neighborhood to go trick-or-treating. Um, and it was like a Halloween-y variant. A very into Halloween neighborhood. So my brother and I definitely had a Halloween experience. But it wasn't until a year or two ago that I got to experience giving out candy. Because my family uh, 
we lived on a last house on a dead end road in the middle of the woods. Did you get like a big bag of candy for when there were trick or treaters, or did you only have a few things because you knew there wouldn't be anyone really? If I remember correctly, when I was younger, we would decorate and like go. I don't want to say all out compared to what I saw in our the Halloween neighborhood that we went trick-or-treating in. But we would decorate the outside of the house, probably because my brother and I just wanted to. And we would get a small bag of candy. And then as I got older and realized, like, no one is coming here, we would buy two or three big candy bars. Oh, and just give out those to the few lucky kids that came. Yeah, but as I got older, it turned into no kids. We in my neighborhood, it was pretty good. The houses are pretty close together. It's more suburban and less rural, I guess. And we would probably have maybe somewhere between thirty to fifty kids around that. I was usually out and not at home, so I don't really know how many kids would normally come. But I was usually doing the trick or treating. So, do you remember at what age you stopped going out to trick or treat? I don't recall. I have two younger siblings, so I don't know if I went with them when I was in high school. It's possible up until 10th grade, but I don't recall going like 11th or 12th grade. How about you? I think that um, I would go trick-or-treating. You were 26, right? When you stopped? I might have been 27, 28. Okay. No. Um, I went in middle school, definitely. And then I think I went once or twice in high school with some friends because I remember driving with a friend to a house. We were either driving illegally or we were 16 or older. What was your favorite Halloween costume? I was going to ask you the same thing. Well, I asked first and I have to answer. Um, I have to think about my favorite, but I can tell you the most disappointed i was during trick-or-treating okay um so there was one year i must have been in middle school um don't remember the exact grade and i decided that for my costume i would just dress up like a boy and there was one house that i went to with some friends and i was dressed up in my brother's clothes and my friend was dressed up who knows but she was like a princess or something female. Naturally. And the house we went to, they were giving something out for girls and something out for boys. And when we got to the door, they gave whatever they were giving out to girls to my friend. And they looked at me and they were like, oh, we're only giving things to boys in costume. <laughs> oh, so they not only <laughs> thought that... Oh, okay, that makes sense. So they, you really fooled them with your costume yeah and i had to take my hat off to show them that i was a girl and in fact wearing a costume did they eventually give you the boys treat at that point no they gave me the girls treat oh okay so yeah once i proved that i was a girl in costume as a boy you were just so convincing (laughs) i was and do you recall what either of those treats were not at all. They might have actually been toys rather than treats. Okay. So like a Hot Wheels and like something stereotypically yeah. for girls. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Hot Wheels for boys and girls basically. 
but, but pink, pink Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I think my favorite costume was when I was in college. And do you remember the video, the Hydra Kids, Hydra Wife guy? Yes. So I dressed as him. I got this like fake, not like an, I guess it was sort of like an afro. And then put on a bandana above that. Wore one of those like tank men's tank tops. And then borrowed a pair of jeans from a girl I knew in college. Which were probably three or four sizes too small. Which didn't feel great. And dressed as him. And the bad thing was that it was probably about 20 to 30 degrees outside. So I was wearing a tank top and was absolutely freezing. That sounds miserable. But it was definitely my favorite costume. So I don't remember where we left off. I think it was I think it was just her looking through the window. The kids yeah, we're about 30 seconds into the movie right yeah. now. <laughs> and then we see the oldest sibling who's named Marnie who is exactly oh, no, a little bit over 13 years old. She today's her 13th birthday. Her birthday was on Halloween. I don't yes. remember that. Well, because, all right, moving forward, the plot of the movie is that if she doesn't start her witch's training before... Her 13th 13... Halloween. Oh, her 13th Halloween. Was it 13th birthday? I thought it was, but it could have been 13th Halloween. It's funny because I had that as a plot error for the movie, and I thought they just didn't think it through. Because if she was already, if it wasn't her birthday, and this was, even if it was her, even if it was her birthday on Halloween, and she was now 13 years old, that means it would be her 14th Halloween. I mean, that she's already one Halloween past where she needs to be to become a witch. I thought it was her 13th birthday, which we're obviously going to have to watch this movie again. And in the back of my mind, the entire time I was thinking, why isn't she celebrating her birthday? Not only is she not coming into her witch's powers, but she can't <laughs> celebrate her 13th birthday. And no one cares. The more I think about it, there's no way it was her birthday. Because all her mother did was just make some not great looking cookies. There was like 12 cookies. There's no way that was her birthday. There's no that's, way. That's true. And the grandma came and didn't say happy birthday. That's also true. <laughs> so I don't think it was her birthday. I feel like I need to rewatch this movie without that uh, that burden on my shoulders. I think they just met. Oh, so you were just upset the whole time that they weren't celebrating her birthday? <laughs> this poor girl. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't get that from the movie, but maybe that was the moral. Was, uh, <laughs> celebrate, celebrate your 13th your birthday. Yeah. Wow, terrible mother she had. So we, we see Marnie, we see Sophie, who's the youngest daughter, and then we have Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. Who's the middle child, I believe. I think, yeah, he's yeah, the middle child. Yeah, and it shows. Yeah, he absolutely sucks. Nerd. By far. Even including the villain in this movie, he's the worst character in the movie. When they get to Halloween Town, I thought that Dylan was going to be seduced by the dark side, and that was going to be... Kind of the plot, like a, a Narnia thing. Like they have to save Dylan. Oh, that's funny because I would have said it would be more of a nerdy Draco Malfoy situation. Interesting. I also thought of a lot of Harry Potter comparisons. Oh, so I glad you brought movie, that up. So this movie came out. When did Harry Potter come out? The first one. Ninety eight. So the Published same year. Ninety eight. 
And I think it came out in the U.S. in 99. So the same year this was made, this was released, Harry Potter came out. Yes, I believe so. Okay. There's a lot of similarities. I'm sure we'll go through them as we go through the plot. As that's your Isn't uh, that what the point of this podcast to compare Disney Channel movies to Harry Potter? Yeah, certainly. The few things we know about the children, we don't really know much about Sophie. Um, we know that Marnie loves ghosts and skeletons and Halloween stuff. And we know that she is most definitely a teenager because she says I'm 13. I'm practically a grown-up. We have the son, Dylan, who's an absolute nerd. And not only a nerd, he also talks and acts like a grandfather. He's clearly overcompensating for the fact that their dad is missing. I don't know exactly what happened to their dad. I want to say, I kind of would say that he's not missing. I'm guessing he died, and they just don't mention it because it's kind of deep for a Disney movie because they don't really go into anything. There's no pictures of him. I don't... Wait, maybe there There's was a picture. There's one picture. Right. There's one picture mm-hmm. of him. He's immortal. Yes. So he's not a witch or a warlock or whatever. No, so the kids are half-bloods. Oh, my God. So he's immortal. <laughs> Dad's a muggle. So maybe Mom's a witch. He, so maybe he died, and that's it. I don't know. They don't mention him, really. They except don't. For just... So my assumption was that he left when they when he found out that the mom was a witch. Oh, interesting. I thought that he knew that from the get-go. I mean, really, we're just guessing because they give us zero information. That's true. So we don't know what happened to the father. He's just not in the picture at all. Didn't seem like the kids hate him or anything, so it, was, it wasn't like bad terms or anything like that, it sounds like. But he's gone. It's the mother living with her three kids, and one's a nerd, one's a Sophie, and one is a teenager who just loves Halloween. And it, and the thing is that they're not allowed out on Halloween, right? as per their mother. I also wonder if the kids had been allowed out on Halloween, if they would have been less obsessed with Halloween, even though they are witches and it's kind of in their blood. It's like the forbidden fruit for them. Exactly. And the thing is, did you ever understand why they weren't allowed out on Halloween? Because the mom didn't want to put the ideas of magic and monsters into their head and was obviously failing miserably. Um, And I also wondered if maybe magic was stronger on Halloween. We know that the people from Halloween Town, which is a different realm altogether, they could only come to the real world on Halloween, in the real world. Yes, well, the mortal world. So the monsters and whoever and the grandmother who live in Halloween Town can only come to the mortal world on Halloween. So maybe the mother was afraid that someone from Halloween Town would take her kids, would do something to her kids. It's not That's not clear. They don't talk about that, really. Right, although the beings in Halloween Town all seemed... Pretty chill. The freaks, you mean, right? No, Sam, they're not freaks. I think they are, but go on. Well, that's your own personal opinion. (laughs) So after we get introduced to the kids and the mother, we see a bus fly down to the mortal world, which had the worst graphic effects I've seen in my entire life, the bus coming down. It was comical. Um, I 
wrote a note that said these special effects are fantastic. Oh, okay. So we thought the exact opposite on that. <laughs> and we see an older woman with coming down with an umbrella, sort of like Mary Poppins. And she has a bag tailing after her, which didn't want to come out of the bus to begin with. No. But I mean, the bag was like, oh, that's Debbie Reynolds. Better follow her. Oh, yeah. The grandmother's Debbie Reynolds, by the way. Yeah. Definitely the biggest name in this movie. Easily. And she goes over. She goes in, She goes to the house where the mother and the three children are. And that's when you find out that she is the grandmother of these children. And the children love her. And the mother is very indifferent about her, seemingly. I wouldn't say indifferent. I would say that the mother had some uh, resentful feelings towards grandma. Which we later learn is because... She lives in Halloween Town, and she wants, Debbie Reynolds, that is, wants her daughter and kids to come to Halloween Town to live with her there, or if At the grandmother could live. Visit. Right. They they never go to Halloween Town, obviously, because the kids don't know what Halloween Town is. They don't know that they're magic. They are Harry Potter. All of them. All three of the kids are yeah. Harry Potter. And the grandmother takes a ton of stuff out of the bag, which is carrying... 200 to 300 pounds of items, yeah. I would say. And the candy in there was not great. It was all like typical grandma sucking candies. It was a lot of the, not like Werther's Originals, but those little like strawberry. Yeah. The wrapped strawberry candies. Yeah. And peppermints the in there. Peppermints, right. Yeah. We saw a lot. We saw the mom shouting down those later on. It, typical. But the kids were very excited. And I was like, this is a not great candy. I think it's because they didn't have any candy at all. They didn't know that people get better candy on Halloween. It was a Willy Wonka situation when he was a kid and just never got to eat chocolate or sweets or anything. And he got that one chocolate and, and, and that was it. good. Yeah. We have the grandma giving them all these gifts. She gets them costumes and a bunch of other decorations for the house, including some garlic. And there's a skeleton I think also a like wooden skeleton. I can't remember something like that. There was a ruin stone in there. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of goodies. A bunch of goodies. Typical for, grandma uh, gifts for the kids. And Sophie gets a ghost costume. And I think my favorite part, or one of my favorite parts of the movie, is Sophie, the youngest kid, tries to make some ghost sounds. And I don't recall exactly what those ghost sounds were, but it couldn't sound less like a ghost. And it was hysterical. And then the grandma says, no, child, you need to moan more. And then she does her best ghost impersonation, which is pretty good, actually. Debbie Reynolds is a very good ghost. That's what her years of acting have taught her. And then we had this conversation between the grandma and the mother, where the mother explains how she wants the kids to be, quote unquote, normal and not witches. And Debbie Reynolds has a great line. And she says, normal is vastly overrated. We And the so the costume is given to the kid. We said there was a ghost. I believe the Marnie was dressed as a Wiccan? Something like that. And then Dylan was dressed like a miniature version of Hagrid. Yes. We have the conversation between the grandma and the mother about moving in. And we then have the grandma take out a book called Halloween Town in which it talks about Halloween Town, which the kids think is a fictitious place. And they are not aware 
not only is Halloween Town real, that's where their grandma lives. At some point when uh, Marnie is looking through that book, Dylan says that it's a weirdo encyclopedia and really Dylan should, he should not be commenting on anyone else being a weirdo. Right. I I would assume that mean that that means that he liked it. It was a weirdo encyclopedia. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, weirdo encyclopedia, give Just that to alley. me. That's perfect." Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't take it. We have, I think, again, Marty mentions that she's interested in Halloween, which again, every kid I think is interested in Halloween, and she's just obsessed with Halloween. Yes, and not just Halloween, but also all the creatures that go along with it. Yes, and another part that I really enjoyed was they get to the end of the book or somewhere near the end of the book, and it's a picture of a teenage girl on a broom. And immediately, I think it's Sophie, points to the girl and says, that's Marty. And then Dylan is like, that's not Marty. And that picture barely looked like her. It was a generic like cartoon with darker hair and like a lighter complexion. Yeah, that's Marnie. Right, but there it's not I was like, how would Sophie possibly be like, oh no, that's definitely my sister in this book? There's gonna be thousands of books where the character looks just like that. Are you saying that you missed the really big arrow pointing to it that said Marnie? Oh, I did I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my mistake. I withdrawn everything I just said before. <laughs> we we have a little fight between Dylan and Marnie. Where Dylan, I think Dylan says to Marnie that she could win an ugly contest, which was very mean of him. But he's her brother, so that's what brothers do. On the day of her favorite holiday and possibly her birthday. (laughs) On this, the day of my birthday. (laughs) And then she responds that she says that there's nothing special about her. Except that it's her 13th birthday. And that she might be a witch. But don't tell her yet. Then I think, again, the mom and the grandma talk, and Marnie sneaks downstairs in typical... This is the second movie in a row where we've had the protagonist walk downstairs to the house and overhear a conversation, I think in the kitchen also. Because in Brink, he comes out and sees his parents talking about being broke, and in this, she sneaks downstairs and hears that she's a witch and that her family are witches. So basically the same conversation in both movies. Do you think this happens in every DCOM that we're going to watch? You have to tell me. That would actually be hysterical. We'll keep track of how many of these movies actually have this exact plot device happen. Deal. All right. So she, she comes down. She hears that she's a witch and that the kind of logistics behind it, which we talked about before, is that she doesn't have witch training before her 13th Halloween. She no longer could be a witch. Yes, and she also watches her grandma turn the leftover chicken into a live chicken. That was a fun part. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. My least favorite part, though, is when she turned the live chicken back into the dead chicken. Yeah, that got a little messy. Yeah, because that means that she just killed a few chickens, seemingly. That's true, because there were multiple pieces of leftover chicken in there, and it looked like there were a few different, more than two wings, at least. That was pretty sad. So now we have the, I guess, the background of the movie that she needs some training before she turns 13. And also, I think before that, we see the youngest daughter, Sophie, make a cookie float with her mind, which she didn't see, 
But the mother saw. Yes, and the mother grabbed the cookie before Sophie could notice and then ate it. So we, we learn later that Sophie does also have magic abilities and that she doesn't know about it, but she's thrown tantrums before maybe and broke she, things. She really wanted that cookie. I don't blame her. After not getting any snacks or treats during or Halloween. Or being able to go trick-or-treating. She deserved that cookie. Another Harry Potter moment. Doing magic without realizing it. <laughs> and we have the grandmother also tell the mother in this scene that dark times were coming in Halloween Town and weird things are going on. People are disappearing. And she's trying to investigate it and she needs her daughter, I guess the mother's help in investigating it. Yes, she has to do some magic and spells are stronger with more than one witch and the Cromwells, which is their family, are the strongest witches of them all. So she needs another Cromwell to help. Which the mother immediately shoots down and says, no, I'm not doing it. My care. daughter's not going. No, mm -hmm. no one in my family is going. You're going back to Halloween Town yourself and enjoy it. Yep. Do it yourself. I want my kids to grow up normal in the mortal world. So Marnie goes back upstairs. She puts on an absolutely wild outfit. I don't know. It wasn't the Wiccan outfit, was it? Yeah, it was the outfit that her grandma oh, gave her. Okay, so she puts on mm -hmm. the Wiccan outfit and she follows the grandmother to her the- Her and Dylan follow right, the grandmother. Right, because Dylan sneaks up behind. Or he, did she get Dylan and tell him to come with her? She goes to Dylan's room to tell him what she saw. Right, and he doesn't let her go without him. Right, because he's the man of the house. Yes, and they go outside. They follow the grandmother to the floating bus, which again comes down looking ridiculous. Another Harry Potter thing, night bus. That's true, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the grandmother gets on the bus. The two children, after the door's already closed, just like pry the door open and go onto the bus with no one noticing. Yes, no one notices. And then they sit in a seat that's behind where their grandmother is sitting. And she did not notice them get on the bus and walk past her. And, and they were totally her. to themselves, too. Yes. So it's not even like they're hiding under the seats or anything like that. They're in plain view. They're watching some monsters make jokes to each other, talk about whatever they're talking about. Monster stuff. Of course. The best stuff. And the monsters don't say anything. Because I guess they can't really sense if they're mortals or not. So that wasn't... I guess they're not mortals. They're, yeah. they're witches. They're, they're so half-bloods. Wouldn't, wouldn't seem weird to them. And then the even crazier part... So the bus goes, mm -hmm. and it lands in Halloween Town. Yes. Which the kids are have no idea what's going on. Yeah, but uh, Marnie's definitely into it. Then we realize that Sophie... Also stuck onto the bus. After, after, after Dylan Marnie and, Dylan. and Marnie were on, which is weird because Dylan closes the door behind him. And then the bus took off. Right, so in no way could Sophie have gotten on that bus. And then not only gone past... The bus driver and the grandma and Marnie and Dylan and no one saw her. So that was fun. And and we don't know until we see her just pop up in Halloween Town. Yeah, but we can kind of assume that she's going to end up there. Cause, you Did know. you think she was going to be there? Yeah. I didn't for some reason. I thought maybe the, that she came with the mother later on. I didn't remember specifically. I was actually surprised when Marnie and Dylan got on the bus without her because I thought she was... Maybe going to chase them outside the house and say, hey, wait for me. Okay. But I did assume that she would end up in Halloween Town 
at some point. Then we have a, a short conversation between the grandmother. What was the grandmother's name? Aggie or something like that? I Agatha? So. Yeah. Oh, it was Aggie, we'll I think. Grandma. We'll call her Grandma. That's yeah. fine. Or Debbie. We see Grandma, Grandma have a conversation with one of her friends. Do you remember mm-hmm. the friend's name? I don't at all. Um, I don't, but I do remember that she volunteered at the Headless Shelter. That I had that written down here. That's also one of my favorite lines. It's so funny to me. It is. And I wonder if they were just like headless horsemen, like just headless creatures, or it was just like monsters that lost their heads. Um, it could be both. Headless is headless. I wonder if they were members of the Headless Hunt. I don't get that. It's another oh, Harry, it's Potter Harry Potter reference. Okay. Yeah, it's a, we'll, it's a Harry Potter thing. We'll pretend it didn't happen. Sophie gets off the bus, and I think Sophie starts talking about sensing the bad thing. Yes. So her powers seem to be very strong for a seven or whatever year old. She's gifted. Much more gifted than, than I would Arnie. say any of the other witches oh, yeah. in the entire movie. Um, also, a side note that there was a police creature in the background uh, during this general part of the movie. When the kids are lost and don't know what to do. right? Yeah. And that creature is just so close to them and walking back and forth and looking at them so hard that I thought that it was going to be part of the movie. That like the policeman goes up to them. And that did not happen. It was just awkward staring. Right. I don't think the policeman talks at all no, during the movie or no, does any not, has any role in the movie at nope, all definitely just a background character yeah so that was that was pretty good he i'm glad that guy got his uh his screen time though yeah he deserved it he he worked for it we then have another major character the mayor shows up and he tells them that he's a warlock oh, can i tell you what my first notes on the mayor are go for it so i wrote down the mayor is a creeper but he has a crush on their mom that's funny because i was gonna ask you when he first showed up what did you think his role would be in the movie um that he would be a creeper and honestly i thought he was gonna be the bad guy so i also thought that probably because i've seen it already i also wrote here that i thought that he might be their dad interesting because they don't mention a dad at all uh the mom didn't seem like that she wanted to go to halloween town so maybe she had some sort of you know second realm restraining order against him interesting but unfortunately that, that, that didn't that did come to fruition my mind um yeah so he tells them that he's a warlock and that we also hear that the grandmother's 200 years old is that right yes that was pretty fun. She's looking good. Absolutely. For 200. And the mayor gets the a cab driver to bring the three kids to their grandmother's house. Yes. And the cab driver is the most expressive skeleton ever. And... Well, you could just say he's Italian. Yes. The cab driver is the most Italian skeleton I've ever seen. And there is some really amazing meta disney jokes in here in the in the oh they scene. talk about right they talk yeah. about how wait they mentioned disneyland yeah the dylan says that 
the cab driver is probably animatronic. Yes, and yes, they yes. have them all over Disneyland. That was very funny, and I, I want them to like look at the camera when he said it. But unfortunately, they were just at the grandma's house. Oh, and house. just like make make a pose like yeah, on a roller coaster. Exactly, yeah. it been pretty cool. <laughs> it, the skeleton in the movie apparently was a robot of some sort, animatronic, like they have in Disneyland. I'm guessing so. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but I read it. He was a robot. We have, yeah, so we have the skeleton cab driver who was making jokes the entire time yeah, that they're plus, running to the grandma's house. A plus jokes. Just nailing it, crushing it, just doing a great job. The skeleton warns them about an unsavory character in Luke, mm-hmm. who is a, a punk that lives in the town, who recently got a nose job or. Yes, he something got a nose job, lines. and now he thinks he's cool. Right, so we see Luke on the way there. And we get to the grandma's house. Sophie does some magic to open the gate. Although she doesn't say she did magic. She says she just pushed the gate. She doesn't want to show off in front of her siblings. Maybe she just really wanted the gate to open because that's how she got the cookie to float. She just really wanted it. Yeah, either she really wants things or she throws a hissy fit or both. And that's but how her magic works. She doesn't even works. have to hold the hissy fit. The magic just does it for her. We then see the grandma doing some sort of spell. She puts a cauldron in a microwave, which yes. I thought was a little funny. Well, it's the best microwave ever. It, it isn't, though, because it doesn't work. Well, that you can't blame the microwave. Okay. Can we get yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. Thank um, you. The microwave settings were bubble, toil, and trouble. Yeah, ours only has trouble. Yeah. And uh, I think it used to have bubble, but it broke. Yeah, we have trouble in chicken nuggets. And yeah. those are the only two settings yeah. we have in ours. So maybe we'll get those extra settings. That'd be pretty cool. Popcorn only shows up on Tuesdays. <laughs> we So the kids break into the house, seemingly. And, but it's okay, because it's grandma's house. Right. And the grandma, who is extremely irresponsible, doesn't say, I'm bringing kids right back to your mother immediately. She tells them the whole time difference between the mortal world in Halloween Town and how they could stay for a little bit longer as long as they get home before midnight. But she doesn't know exactly how long it's going to be until midnight because, again, time is fluid. She has no idea. It's like a pinch of salt. Who knows how much that is? It's fine. It's going to be great. She she has zero care for boundaries, zero care for what the mother wants. Just, you know what? My kids are here. My grandkids are here. Let them get into danger with me. Time to start that witch training. And immediately asks them to help her perform a difficult spell. So she, really the premise here is that she has a scepter. What do they call it? Um, Some kind of like wand. Roland. It looks like. Oh, a talisman. A talisman. They have a talisman. Yeah. And what was the name of the talisman? Merlin's Merlin. Talisman. So they have Merlin's talisman and they have to get it to light up. Yep. Is really the goal. She, she puts it in the microwave. She takes the smoke or whatever out of it, pours it into the talisman. It lights up for like half a second after she says the spell, and that's it. And also when she was performing the spell, she was definitely throwing glitter everywhere. Some of it stays on the top of the uh, mm-hmm. device too, the talisman. And then she sees the vision of the creature. Yes. In the She sees cauldron. Voldemort. She sees fake Voldemort. And it, it didn't look that creepy. I, I wanted him to be a little creepier. I think, uh, you know, they did what they could. There was a lot of mist and fog in there and a, a pretty good maniacal laugh. Yes. It looked like 
kind of like an orc goblin kind of mix. Yes. Um, I would say he was actually pretty close to Voldemort with the, the robes, but this bad guy he had a nose. Had a nose. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was the so J.K. Rowling saw this and was like, I don't want to get caught stealing it. I'll Let's cut, cut, cut the nose. nose off. Yeah. So we see the talisman. We see the creature. I think the grandma gives them a list of ingredients, or she knows the list of ingredients she needs. To brew the potion properly that she had originally just put in the microwave. Right. So she goes over the ingredients needed, and then we have the cutting to the real world again, the mortal world. The mother goes upstairs to check on her kids and sees they're missing. Yes. And immediately knows that they have gone to Halloween Town. See, she doesn't think that they're trick-or-treating. I guess it's too late. It's like 10 p.m. probably at that point. Yeah, they say, they mention at Grandma's house that midnight is in two hours. So, yeah, it is 10. So, she knows they went to Halloween Town. I don't think they show her get on the bus, but presumably she goes to the bus stop to go to Halloween Town to find her kids. The next thing that happens is the grandmother tells the kids about how... Halloween Town began, how there was, I don't know if it's explained now or when the mayor explains it later on, spoiler, but the way it works is that the mortal world always existed. The monsters in Halloween Town were there and lived with humans at one point in time. And the issue was that the monsters from Halloween Town would scare the humans, whether or not it's on purpose or not, who knows. And the humans, because they were scared, would kill the monsters. So they kind of just started their own realm so they wouldn't have to deal with those issues. With the issues of being killed. Right. They're very pro-segregation between monsters and the mortal creatures. Monsters and men. Yes. Then I think they go into town after and the grandma sees... Oh, Harriet. Harriet is the friend. There we go. I have that too. Harriet. So they see Harriet... And she looks kind of possessed, yeah, is what the grandma describes not her as. She's looking good. She, she looks in very bad shape. The grandma tells the mayor that weird stuff's going on. Help me look into it. And the mayor kind of pushes it off and says, you know what? Give me two days. I'm not telling you what I'm going to do in two days, but just give me two days and we'll, uh, we'll fix everything. And this is all going down in an ice cream shop. And as the mayor is saying, give me two days... Debbie Reynolds gives him a look and then they come back to the mayor and he's like, yeah, just two days. And then they come back to Debbie Reynolds and it looks like the director told her, okay, the look, but more. And then they cut back to the mayor and then back to Debbie Reynolds and her direction was clearly, okay, the look, but even more. It was quite a stare down between the two of them. Yeah. And in this ice cream shop, the owner or i guess at least the person giving ice cream is a yeti i believe yes and the yeti gives an ice cream to sophie which has like fire coming out of the top of it like oh, a no, blue the mayor gives her that oh okay okay the next thing that happens is that they go to a broom store at least marnie does and the grandma's there yeah marnie potter does the clerk of the broom store kind of looks like a mix of Elvis and Beetlejuice is the sense I got. Yes. As he talked like Elvis, but he wore something Beetlejuice would wear. That's spot on. Like the zebra kind of striped Mm -hmm. jacket. He was really cool. And then we have Luke, 
who comes over the kid, the punk kid from Halloween Town, and he comes over and he starts flirting with Marnie. I kind of want to go back to the brooms. I'm just going to keep bringing up these Harry Potter comparisons and how excited Marnie was for her first broomstick and all of the different models, just like there are in Quidditch, except for these brooms, they were clearly just brooms that like the props people got at the dollar store and spray painted. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I they think the one great. she eventually chooses looks a little fancier. Maybe they got that at Dollar General instead of mm-hmm. just, you know, you're more of the mill dollar store. Yeah. yeah. They have a better better selection, I would say. Maybe five below. Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, that's high quality stuff. Yeah, so I think they spent maybe two or three dollars on that broom. Yeah, but Marnie Marnie Potter also very attracted to brooms and very into flying. And so they look at the brooms, that's when Luke comes over. He tells Marnie that he's friends with very powerful creatures. Mm-hmm. And I made the uh, comparison of Luke and Draco. So you think Luke is Draco? Yes, oh, but he's... a softer version of Draco. Okay, I could see it because of what happens later on. Yeah, he's Draco light. Very light because I don't think he ever does anything kind of directly to hurt anyone. Well, he does bring the grandma into... Uh, the evil person's lair, but... I don't think he knew the extent of what was going on. Yeah, he was naive. We have... Then finally, Marnie, after turning down Luke, she picks up... She picks a broom, and the grandmother drives... Flies. Flies. flies probably flies makes more sense. Flies on the broom with Marnie. Leaving Dylan and Sophie, the two younger children, on the themselves. ground in a town that they don't know. Near Luke, maybe. I don't know if Luke already walked away. And again, amazing special effects in this scene with them on the broom. 10 out of 10. And they land back by the broom store. I don't think they even showed the broom underneath them when they land. I think they just kind of like walked on the screen. I'm going to have to watch that again. That didn't even process in my brain. And I think that's when the mother shows up. And everyone's very surprised that mom came to Halloween Town to fetch her children. She is, I would say, not happy. How would you describe it? Between not happy and furious, somewhere on that scale. And she doesn't want her kids being witches or having any magical powers. And she takes the three kids back to the bus stop to go back to the real world where they grew up. And that's when we get a comedy act of uh, conjoined twins who don't know when the bus is coming, even though they work for the bus company. I found this scene incredibly annoying, and I wanted to end 10 to 15 times during it. I really thought that the mom was going to, because she kept trying to stop them, and the premise of magic, which we learn when uh, Marnie and Grandma are on the broom, is that you have to want something bad enough and then let yourself have it. That's how magic works. So I thought that the mom was going to want them to stop talking so much that she magics them into silence. But she didn't. She held back. That would have been interesting. Yeah. So they just keep fighting with each other. Nothing gets resolved, and he, they eventually tell her that they don't know when the next bus is coming and that the bus is broken down. And the mother or the kids decide to go to the mayor. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. So the mother at this point hasn't seen the mayor. No. The- but the kids have. Yes. And because 
the mayor helped them to get to the grandma's house earlier. They say, you know what? Let's go see what the mayor's up to. I'm sure we don't need to make an appointment and we can go right in and everything's fine. He's certainly not busy at all. No. Mayors are always available to their constituents. The four of them go to the mayor's office where there's a very, very creepy bat. Oh my God, that bat was awful. That bat was actually scary. I'll say that was probably the only scary part of that movie. Also, uh, didn't it whistle at the mom when she walked in? I don't remember that. I could have missed it, but that's very creepy if that's the case. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Different times. Uh, And then we find out that the mayor knows who the mother is, and he gives her a rose. Well, he gives her a dead rose and then brings it back to life. He does some magic, which Mm -hmm. is very in line for 1998. Also in line for him being a warlock. Gives her a rose. We kind of know that there's some sort of connection between the two of them. They don't they're not explicit at that point, but it seems like maybe the mother dated or went to high school or something with the mayor. Yes, and he most definitely had and has a crush on her. And the important thing in this scene is that the mayor leaves to do something urgent. Based upon a message he got from his secretary. Yes. The crazy secretary who is a pincushion. That's a stereotypical monster you think of at Halloween as pincushions, right? Yeah. Actually, when I was watching this, I kept thinking there are stereotypical stereotypical monsters. I mean, Frankenstein's monster makes an appearance. There are werewolves. There are ghosts. But vampires. then vampires. Uh, then there are just some creatures. And I was like, I don't know what these creatures are or what their origin story is. I think they're the creatures are basically just masks they found to put on just humans to make them look like monsters in the movie. But what I'm saying is they aren't. Oh, I know. There's uh, no. They're not like a stereotypical monster right. from from books or movies or things like yeah. that. Yeah, it's not like a cabin in the woods situation. Have you seen that? No. Oh, I don't want to. you're never gonna watch it because it's scary but they have like all the monsters from scary movies in that movie in one place interesting like freddy jason all that stuff okay so it's kind of i I also wished it was more like that and they had like actual famous famous monsters yeah but unfortunately that was not the case although i do think that they did a pretty good job with the masks yeah, I think it looked it looked pretty convincing. Even at the meetup creatures, they were still, I think, uh, they were still pretty well done. Do you think there were multiple Frankenstein's in that world? Well, first of all, it's Frankenstein's monster. Oh my god! Do you think there were multiple <laughs> Frankenstein's monsters in that world, or well, just the one that was on the bus? Well, if it's true to the book, then there's only one because Frankenstein didn't make him a lady. That's unfortunate. The mayor leaves. And then we cut to Luke talking to the grandma, and he tells her, he talks to her about the talisman, and about Merlin was the name? Yes, Merlin's talisman. So he talks to her about Merlin's talisman, and Luke tells the grandma that he knows about it, and wants to bring the grandma to Merlin, I think he says. Did they say Merlin? I no, the talisman was Merlin. I don't know if the evil being had a name at this point. 
Maybe they don't mention it. I guess it, it wouldn't because the grandma wouldn't know who the bad person is. Right. She just knows that there is an evil force that's making the people, the creatures of Halloween Town disappear. So they, so Luke brings the grandma to the closed movie theater. Which is interesting because when grandma was showing her grandkids around, she mentions that they have great movies at the movie theater. So I was surprised that the movie theater is not actually open. And if it is open, because at least grandma's going to see movies, no one noticed all of these bodies. Well, it's not open now. It has like caution tape or it was like some things in front of it. It was closed down at the time. So we don't know how long what's been going down. The movie theater's been going down. But we know that the movie theater's been closed at least the last few days, possibly longer. Probably longer because there were cobwebs everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of frozen. A lot of bodies. (laughs) Yeah. We go in and Luke, I guess, was tricking the grandma to coming there, although he didn't really know what was going on. And the, the creature that she sees in the cauldron shows up on the movie screen and kind of has like a projection but not as a projection as like the actual creature coming out of the yeah, movie that's screen. like his portal so the creature shows up does his you know creepy thing and i think he calls the theater his museum yeah because he turned everyone to statues and in this but they're still the alive yeah they're still they're just frozen yeah and they can't move and there's probably 30 or so 25 30 that sounds right creatures just frozen in the seats he is trying to get control of halloween town i think is what his well this is what he says his goal is at that time and what he does is he shoots magic balls at the grandma yes i don't know how you would what, what were those called do you think spells but they're like kind of like spells. orbs. Yeah. He shoots orbs, we'll say. Yeah. Like light orbs at the grandmother. And she didn't really do all that much. She barely moves. Yeah, which is interesting because apparently she's the best witch in town and the most powerful. And Debbie Reynolds is probably 70 or so years old at the time in real life. Yeah. So she really can't move that much. But I mean, she didn't even... She has zero lateral movements. Oh, she doesn't try to block it or anything. She just kind of shuffles over a little bit. So I I thought there was going to be more spell casting on her part. That would have been more fun. And I think it would be uh, more uh, in line with the hype. They had to save it to the end. She's like, all right, turn me into a a statue so I can rest a little bit. These kids have been wearing me out all day. Well, but not yet. First, the mother... And yep. the kids come mm-hmm. into the theater, and the mother knocks the grandma out of the way, and she immediately gets hit by the magic orb. Which turns her into a statue. So the mother gets frozen in the seat, and then seconds later, the bad guy shoots one at the grandmother. Yes. And she turns into a statue. But first, she uh, gives some advice to Marnie. Dylan and Sophie. And what was that advice? I don't remember. Me either. Cool. <laughs> she, she gives them some advice. And she so does basically tell them the, mo- that... the mother doesn't really do much here. She keeps the grandmother from being a statue for an extra five seconds. It shows that she cares. She tried A for effort. 
next the so the kids are in there luke has already run away because he didn't really want any of this to happen so he's he's gone and the kids run out the side door of the movie theater and let in some light and the creature kind of acts negatively to the light so they know at that point light kind of hurts him which does not really come in handy at any point well i guess it does i think that's the premise kind of how the light affects him yeah we'll get to it yeah a little bit. Yeah. So the kids run away and they have to get the ingredients that the grandmother tells them previously for the potion or whatever to put into the talisman. And this is, I think this is the fun part of the movie is them trying to get the three major ingredients that they need for the spell. What I was wondering is where do they know to go because they've only been in town for, I don't know, an hour. I think it's funny because what they did was not based on the creatures. It was based upon the thing they needed. And it just so happened that where they went, that creature was there. So they knew that they needed hair, sweat, and a tooth. Yes. So for hair, let's go to the barber shop. Oh, would you look at that? We needed a werewolf hair. It just so happens the barber there would have been much easier if it was a, a customer was the werewolf. But, you know, the barber there is a werewolf. So they distract him with some, like, flamethrower? I don't know what that was uh, for. Marnie, she... It was like a hair blower. But yeah, she did not fire. know it was a flamethrower. Oh, you think she scared herself with that? Yeah, because she started with saying, can you hire me? And trying to talk to him like that. And then she was like, look, I'm good with hair dryers. I use this every day. And she's like, oh, this is uh, this is actually a f- flamethrower. So Interesting. They, so they distract the barber. And Dylan finally does something productive. And he shaves Thanks, Dylan. a little like stripe in the back of the werewolf's head. And the werewolf looks at himself in the mirror. Not where he the, can't see. Where he can't see the back of his head. Not at all. And is quite pleased with the results. And he says... Yeah, baby. Just like Austin Powers. Next, we have... They need sweat from a ghost. So, first thing you go to, obviously, if you need sweat, you go to a Roomba class. And there's some creatures doing Roomba and dancing and whatever. None of them are a ghost, unfortunately. Did you just call it Roomba? Like the Zumba. I'm sorry. Zumba, not Roomba. (laughs) So, there's no ghost dancing. They go down to like, like a the steam room. Right. And they see a ghost going into a sweat box, I think they called it. Which is very convenient because they need the ghost sweat. But before we get to the ghost sweat, did you see the lifeguard sign? I did not. That was by the pool. What did it say? So instead of no lifeguard on duty, it said no death guard on duty. Ooh. Another great. Interesting. I loved it. That was actually one of my favorite things. So we had this very overweight ghost. Wonder why he died. Come on. That's just mean. Overweight ghost. I would say morbidly obese ghost. And it goes into a sweat box. And the kids are there. And I think. Is that when. Does Dylan make. Oh, Dylan's telling him facts. Yes. Just, you know, to facts about. To distract him. Which. He couldn't even get out of the thing, I don't think. I guess he's a ghost. He could kind of get through whatever, but... Well, I mean, he wanted to be there, and I think it was just so that the ghost wouldn't notice that Marnie was turning the heat up 
in the in the box. Yes. And that she was gonna sneak up behind him and take the sweat from his nose. So he's telling him facts. Almost exactly like the scene from Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Yes. When they're in the car and he talks about how much a, a human head weighs. And finally, the ghost lets out a little bit of sweat off his nose, I think it was. Yep, just one little drop. And because she turned up the temperature so high, eventually the sweat box opens and the formerly 400-pound ghost is now the skinniest ghost of all time. Very realistic. I thought it was pretty funny. It was kind of funny. And the last thing we need... Oh, that's going back. So the ghost... I guess they weren't really making fun of him, but he says, oh, great way to make fun of the transparent guy. Yes. Oh, wh- oh, because uh, Sophie was running around pretending to be a ghost. Oh, right. Because she finally yeah. learned how to make ghost sounds. Yeah. So he took deep offense to that. He was very upset. Understandably. Oh, absolutely. You can't be bigoted like that and make fun of transparent people. No, that's just rude. Next, we have the last item that they need, which is a tooth of a vampire. So where do you go if you need a tooth? Clearly the dentist. They go to the dentist's office, and what do you know? There's a vampire, not only at the dentist, but voluntarily getting a tooth extracted. So what interested me here were two things. Okay, one of those same two I have here. All right, so the... The second one that I would like to point out is that Marnie gets the tooth because she was pretending to be the dentist's assistant. So the dentist did not notice that a stranger started working in the office and was taking his patient's tooth. I liked that, but that was not one of my two things. What what, What was your other thing? You go first. I just went. My... Favorite part of it was that the dentist is the tooth fairy. I did like that. That wasn't one of my two things, but I did very much enjoy that. Which is a very, very creepy thing to think because looks nothing like the stereotypical tooth fairy. Also, I guess he could have been joking in that he's not actually the tooth fairy. But I, think I took he him was serious. Word. Yeah, I think he's yeah, being literal. This about is Halloween it. Town. I can't imagine if I was a child and saw that tooth fairy, I would never go to sleep again. It'd be like Parasite. Uh, You keep your money, I'll keep my tooth. Thanks. I don't need that nickel. What would you get growing up? I would get a 50 cent piece. 50 cent? That's so specific. I guess because it it was different. So even though it was only 50 cents, it was cool. I think my first tooth, I got $5. I only got 50 cent pieces. I like that. That's a fun one. I never got coins i think it was always a dollar i don't think i remember any coins i'll ask my tooth fairy whether or not they ever gave me coins but i think it was always a dollar okay so you made more but mine was still cooler it was did you keep any of them um i know that i kept all of them i don't know where they are now okay so it could be in your in your house yeah so we're in the depths of my childhood bedroom interesting oh what was your second fact about the dentist oh that this dentist might have been a jewish stereotype because looking down 
that uh, that schnoz was pretty big. <laughs> oh, so something else in common with J.K. Rowling is offensive Jewish stereotypes. In hers was bankers, and this one's a dentist. Yeah, keeping it in the family. Oh my god, that definitely was not my other one. <laughs> so we both had two fun facts, and neither were the same. What was your other one? My, I guess it was really a fun fact, but when the tooth is extracted, well, first off, it's the it's the vampire's like sharp tooth. Yeah, the fangs. So it's going to destroy her vampire career. Well, she had the other one. Yeah, but it kind of the whole thing is like you get two bites. It's like a you know like a spider bite or whatever, and or a bat. Probably is better apt comparison. <laughs> and when the tooth's taken out. They show the mouth again, and you clearly see the like a black, black tooth, a black cap <laughs> over the tooth, <laughs> done absolutely horribly. They should have just either lighted it less, or done it a little bit differently because it's so obvious. You see <laughs> the tooth just covered by black. Well, uh, Sam, I don't know if you've ever gone to vampire dentistry school, but maybe that's just how their fangs are. Oh, you think there's just might be black teeth underneath those yeah, big teeth? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're oh, qualified to comment on that. That's possible. <laughs> they leave the tooth fairy dentist's office. The cab comes back. The um, the skeleton cab. Yes. And he's like, "Hey, kids, your mother isn't. What does he say? Your mother's in danger, or something like that. Something that he wouldn't have known." Um, no, he offers to give them a ride back to their grandma's because he's just going that way anyway. Okay, but the, he he brings up something that he wouldn't have known right. unless he was there. Yes, he does, and I don't remember what it was. So at this point, we, we figure out that the skeleton is acting bad now or is yes. possessed or something like that. This is when the skeleton grabs grabs Dylan. And tries to pull him into the car. And Dylan just does absolutely nothing to stop it. He goes, Whoa! In true Dylan fashion. And, and then Sophie saves the day. Which is a, another great scene. Just lets loose a dog. Yes. And I love that they just have regular dogs in Halloween Town. Like this dog was not wearing a costume. It was just. Oh, you think the dog should be wearing a costume? I mean, I think that they should have done something to the dog to make it look like. More of a member of Halloween Town. That's funny, but it's just they could have had Cujo or something. Cujo was a a dog monster. Yeah, but yeah, so dogs obviously love bones. Yeah, and the dog goes and tries to get some bones out of the skeleton, who finally is able to release Dylan once the dog gets there to save his his own life. Oh, and Sophie has like a not a premonition, but she senses that the skeleton's bad at this point. She knows he's the bad thing. And so they get out of there. They presumably run back to the house, to the yeah, grandma's house. I didn't get how distances worked because... It seemed pretty far because they drove there Yeah, previously. but then they're going back and forth quite a bit in a seemingly short amount of time. So they go to the grandma's house. They put all the ingredients into the cauldron. They don't use the microwave because they have all the ingredients now. They don't yes. like instant. They do it normal. They do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> These are steel-cut oats. The good way. And they try to get the... The orb to light up. 
Yes, on the scepter. Oh, the talisman. talisman, yes. So they try to get it to light up. It doesn't light up at first. Because Marnie doesn't remember the gibberish words that she only had heard once. The only spell. And Dylan is outraged. How can you not remember that weird thing you heard once? And the thing, the nerve that Dylan has to say that because... He's contributed nothing. And he was there when she said the spell at first. Yeah. He could remember it. They've heard the spell the same amount of times. Dylan was literally there when the grandma said it, and he's mad at Marnie for not remembering it. You call yourself a witch? It's In no way is that Mar- Well, I guess it's sort of Marnie's fault, but it's also equally Dylan's fault. And also, they didn't know that a bad guy was going to turn their grandma to stone. Never. There's so, no reason to remember uh, it. They assumed that grandma would be there to help. But lucky for them, the so youngest, the best witch remembers the spell. Sophie for president. So she says the spell, which is, again, some gibberish you said. I have no idea what they say. I guess the first time it doesn't work because they're not holding hands or whatever because more witches together make things work. Because they didn't want it bad enough. Oh, that's what it was. They didn't want it bad enough. And the second time they really want to save their mother and their grandmother. And the thing lights up. And then Dylan says, it's lit. Which I think is the first time anyone said it's lit. I think he coined the term in 98. The lamest kid in this movie coined the term it's lit. I did not notice that at all. And I love it. They light up the orb and they go back to the theater to try to save their mother and grandmother Mm -hmm. and whoever else was in that museum. Well, of course, Harriet. They love Harriet. Mostly Harriet. I think they find out at this time that, oh, they go into the theater and they see the grandmother and they see the grandmother's pointing. Yeah, but then it turns out that the pointing didn't didn't, really matter. Yeah. But what they do, I guess, remember is that the pumpkin on, oh, they go outside and see the pumpkins on fire. Yeah. That's never explained. It's just a flaming pumpkin at that point. Yeah. So they go outside and they they realize or just kind of discover that they need to put the talisman in the big pumpkin. Oh, they remember because they remembered something the grandma said about mortals copying what the monsters and witches do. So putting a light in a jack lantern. I remember this, the logic was very stretched at that point and that no one would ever remotely think to do that. Except that the jack-o'-lantern was on fire so begging to be noticed so marnie's gonna go over with the talisman luke stops her and tells her it's a trap it's a trap and that he wants now to help them out he didn't know what was going on at first he was tricked they decided to in exchange for him helping out they would give him a makeover and a nose job and all that before marnie could go over the it gets really dark outside and cloudy and this allows, because it was bright the entire time. It, it's mm. not night in Halloween Town. It's, it's, it's day daylight. There's not a cloud time. in the sky. So all these clouds come out, and the monster comes out of the theater and shows himself to everyone there. And he makes a really big speech, uh, wanting the people of Halloween Town to follow him, saying that they should take over the mortal world. That they want to return should... to the glory. And while he was making this speech... I was thinking that from what we've seen of the creatures in Halloween Town, they seem to 
kind of like their life and uh, they have a pretty good living situation. Yeah, no one shows any grievances with the tan or anything like that, yeah. except for the grandmother when she thinks weird things are going on. Oh, we also probably should mention that the bad guy is the mayor, we find out here. Yes. So he wants to take over Halloween Town, but he is also already the, the mayor. mayor of the Halloween Town. The voted, democratically elected mayor of the town. And so during this speech, it looks like a lot of the citizens of Halloween Town totally agree with him. And they're like, yeah, we should go back and, you know, take over or go back to the moral world because that's our world. Definitely easily swayed citizenship. I can see how he was elected. The mayor sees Marnie running toward, running away with her Wiccan outfit covering her head. And surprise, surprise, the mayor comes over, uh, shoots some orbs at Marnie. Tries to kill a child. And turns out it's not Marnie, it's Luke. What? Who now looks like a goblin of some sort. Something with a weird nose. So he's no longer beautiful Luke, and he is now a goblin. And now, this is where I wrote my notes, is this Harry Potter? Uh, This is where I wrote in my notes, Voldemort. And Marnie, while fake Marnie was being attacked, which was Luke, Marnie runs over to the pumpkin and tries to plant the scepter. I'm keeping calling it a scepter. The talisman. The talisman into the pumpkin to light it up. More like a scepter than a talisman, to be yeah, fair. I don't I don't think yeah. I know what a talisman really looks like, but regardless. Usually it's worn around the neck. So she's trying to implant it into the pumpkin, but the mayor sees her doing it and attacks her. This time actually gonna kill a child. Attacks her while she's laying on top of the pumpkin, kind of reaching down to put the talisman talisman into the pumpkin. So the the mayor knocks her out, it seems like, and then he He's starts turning her into a statue. And he starts celebrating, sort of, in that he thinks that he stopped her and he's now going to take over everything in Halloween Town. But what he doesn't know is that Marnie, even though she is an untrained witch, is so strong in the ways of magic that she can resist him for just a few moments to release the talisman. And she uses magic to like plant it into the, the pumpkin. Right. And when that happens, the I guess the dark sky goes away, so it gets light out again. The mayor feels I guess gets attacked because it's light out, which is not good for creatures like the mayor. And the people in the theater wake up. So the mother and grandmother are back to normal and they all exit the theater. Please exit the theater in a calm and collected manner. Everyone starts cheering. All the the residents of Halloween Town. Harriet's back. Everyone wakes up from the theater. They come out. Everyone's dancing. We find out the mayor loves the mother or loved or something. Loved and her rejection is what drove him to be evil. And And what made him hate humans. Yes, because because she married a muggle. Right. So now we know he wasn't, he's not the father. You're not the father. You're not the father. He might be Snape. Okay. But Mm -hmm. Snape, uh, we don't want to spoil it for our listeners. I won't go too much into what happens in Harry Potter. 
I feel like anyone listening to this has probably either read Harry Potter or watched the movies or lives in this world. That's what you think. <laughs> so we find out he was like the scorned lover of or was obsessed with the mother. Not clear if part of his plan was to get the mother back to Halloween Town. I don't, I don't know, know. If he had thought that far through. Because, because the mother doesn't ever go there. Yeah. And the grandmother visits them less once than once a year. a year. And it was a coincidence that the kids ended up there. You know what's funny I just thought of? The grandmother only could visit them on Halloween day. Wouldn't the kids be like, huh, it's weird. Our grandma only sees us on Halloween. <laughs> right? I thought... Can you imagine if you only saw your grandparents on Once one holiday? On the holiday it's not even like a family, not like a Thanksgiving or Christmas on Halloween. Do you remember earlier in the movie when when Dylan is talking about other holidays that Marty should be obsessed with instead of Halloween and he says Arbor Day? Oh my god, Dylan That's sucks. That's my favorite holiday. Dylan is the absolute worst. It would be so much more interesting if he was taken by the dark side. We have Okay, so now getting back to this uh, second fight scene because the mayor's not dead yet. I'm the not dead yet. Family members, the grandma, mother, Sophie, and Marnie, all join together and hold hands because. But be- just before that, we find out that Dylan has powers too. Oh, right, he's little. He has little sparks. sparks. Little sparks, yeah. and we have his fingers, which he calls static electricity at one point. Yeah, because he still doesn't believe this is real so i i don't remember this specifically but at one point marnie calls the mayor a chocolate bar hey chocolate bar like that's the worst insult how could that even be an insult what was what was chocolate bar about him maybe it's because she grew up eating grandma candy and she thought that was good so she, was, she thinks chocolate bar is bad yeah. interesting i feel like if someone called me a chocolate bar that'd be more of a compliment than an insult yeah, but a term of endearment. So they, they bar. so all the family members. Do you remember you, their last you name? Snickers. What? You're looking like a Reese's right now. <laughs> Do you remember their last names? It's uh, uh Cromwell. Yes. The Cromwells. The Cromwells. All the join most, hands. Yeah, and they they hum. Yes, which is kind of lame. I got to say. I mean, at this point, I was thinking it. Seems like you can do spells and magic by wanting something and humming. So why do witches need to be trained? Except for the grandma trying to turn the light on on the talisman. There was really no spells that required skills. I think, and they no, brewed the potion point, by themselves. At, at one point, the mother does a spell... Oh, with, but with, she messes uh, it up with Luke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she tries to make Luke something, but then she turns him into flowers. Yeah, just flowers are like all over his body and in his mouth and stuff like that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that part. Yeah, that was cute. Little sunflowers. So that was way before. Uh, so game back to now, they turn the talisman back on, and the mayor's I guess consumed by the talisman. Something happens. The mayor disappears. So they win, basically, is yeah. what happens. And the town is thrilled. And then your favorite part, Dylan calls what just happened. Oh, no, I'm sorry. First he calls it static electricity. And then he says it's Aurora, Aurora Borealis. Borealis. 
at this time of year in this part of the country concentrated entirely in Dylan's in your fingers. fingertips. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense because Dylan knows what it is because he said, oh, I just learned about or something like that, Aurora Borealis. But somehow he thinks your finger sparkling is the Northern Lights. That's what he thinks. Can I see it? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I messed up before. This is when Luke turns back into a troll. A yes. troll, not a goblin. He was a troll. Sure. A troll-looking creature. Yeah. He looks, He's trollish. He looks very... He's trolling. Yeah. Very fresh. Internet troll. And he, that's where he explains that the mayor made him handsome in return for him helping him out. And then Luke wants to go out on a date with Marnie. He asks her out on a date or says that yeah, he wouldn't be able to get a date yeah. with her looking like this. Although he didn't know Marnie when he looked like that to begin with. Um, also, they've only had like three interactions and they were all pretty negative except except for the last one where he helps her. He risks his life for her. That's true. He did. He did. And she gives him a little peck. Yeah. It's beautiful. A little Disney peck. Yeah. Then everyone celebrates again. The whole town celebrates. Everyone's in the town. The cops there. He's celebrating. Oh, he is into it. And the, the skeleton, who is now no longer possessed. Yeah, he's happy. He's he's thrilled. He's telling mm-hmm. jokes. Everyone in town celebrating and dancing, and it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in Halloween Town. Yeah, they cheer them to the towards the bus. Yeah, you know, they're walking towards the bus, and the town follows them to continue celebrating and clapping. They for have them. to. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Although no one in the town probably knows who they are. They're very confused about the situation. They yeah. don't know anyone was even possessed or in the museum or anything. They don't know any of this stuff. They were just like, oh, yeah, I saw Harriet this morning. She was fine. <laughs> and then do you, I don't recall what happened here. Was the grandma going to live with them in the mortal world or were they going to live in Halloween town? The mom asked grandma if grandma would live with them in the mortal world. And then grandma's like, yeah, sure. And they just get on the bus and leave. Grandma doesn't even have to pack up her things. No, She doesn't go to the house. She doesn't she lock up. She has her up. bag. She has her one bag oh, that has everything. she has the bag. Of course. She has the bag. She probably used magic to lock up the house. And the mom agrees that she will train Marnie. Yes. Beautiful and, moment. And then, right, the grandma's going to live with them. And all the townspeople wave goodbye to the family that just saved Halloween Town, who are now leaving to go back to the mortal world. Yes. I had one question here. Oh, when I thought, I thought this may have been a possibility. So I previously thought that the mayor may have been the dad. And then I wrote here, did the mayor kill the dad? Ooh. We'll never that know. That would be a twist. Well, at least we don't know yet. Well, it could come out in Halloween Town too. I wonder if the skeleton is the dad's skeleton. That would be so sad. You think the dad was Italian? Yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer. I know. Oh, wow. Really ended on a, on a poor note there. <laughs> and that was the end of Halloween Town. Yeah. Cut to credits. Good times. So what did you think of your first experience with Halloween Town? For the most part, I liked it. There were parts that... I could see if I were a kid watching it, I would like it. But as an adult watching, I was like, my brain can't handle what's going on right now. It was too awesome. Yes, it was too awesome for my adult mind. That's tough. Yeah, yeah I hate when that happens as an adult. <laughs> I it happens all the time. 
I think it was one of my, it was definitely one of my most memorable movies of these Disney movies I watched as a kid. I didn't enjoy it as much when we watched it yesterday. I still think it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. I wasn't bored at any point during it. Oh, definitely not. It was had great special effects. The monsters were cool. And overall, I wish there was a little more explanation of things, but pretty good, I would say. Yeah, it was it was a solid kids movie ish. I mean, still trying to get over the werewolf commenting on his hair when he can't see it. That was great. You got to watch the scene again to see how he's just Austin Powers. We'll watch I will it later. Do that. Yeah, we'll watch the highlights. Oh, and going back to our first uh, episode, did you happen to read that uh, Brink book? No, I haven't read it yet. That's oh, too bad. Well, maybe, maybe the next episode you'll watch it or read it. I'm gonna read yeah, it I'll rather. watch it. I'm gonna put it on a shelf and just stare at it. <laughs> so, just some background about this movie. It was directed by Dwayne Dunham, who edited the Star Wars movies. Did he? Which I heard you liked. Uh, Yeah, you could say that. You could say I'm a fan. So he edited episodes four, five, and six, mm-hmm. which are your least favorite ones, unfortunately, but still False. pretty good to, uh, False, but to okay. edit those movies. <laughs> Obviously, Debbie Reynolds, everyone knows who she is. Marnie was played by Kimberly J. Brown. And according to her Wikipedia, you could buy signed copies of her movies on her website. Guess how much it is to buy Halloween Town signed by Kimberly Brown? I'm going to say this is one of her most her most well-known movies. Absolutely. Um, so I'm guessing it'll be a little bit more on the expensive side. How about 200 $55. Really? You get the movie. I think it's a DVD and her signature on That's it. That's a bargain. She also has an Etsy store. Ooh, what does she sell? Uh, shirts that have to do with this movie. <laughs> nice. Which was also on Wikipedia. She will be in another one of these movies we watch in the future, too. Halloween Town 2? Oh, I'm sorry. Besides the Halloween Town movie, she's in <laughs> okay. another movie. A different, different <laughs> realm than Halloween Town called Quince, which is a great movie. What if all of the Disney Channel original movies are connected? Are connected and happen in different realms. But so is she the same person? Like she went through Halloween Town and now she's the lead character in Quince? Um, I'll tell you after we watch Quince. All right, so we'll see how that goes. We have. Judith Hogue, I think is how you pronounce her name, who's the mother. April uh, O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you know her name was Gwen in the movie? No, I don't think they ever said her name. They just said mom. Oh, you know what? The na- the mayor said her name. Oh, okay. Yeah, Gwen Cromwell. He did her say name's, that. Her name's not Cromwell. It's Cromwell. It says Gwen Piper. That's her married name. Oh, because the kids' last mm-hmm. names are... Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, the fun thing about her is that she missed the premiere of the movie Armageddon to make this film. Ooh. I don't well know. worth her time. I'm glad yeah. she did it. Very glad. And the Armageddon, little little movie. Barely anyone's heard of it. And the last fun thing I have is the Luke character, which I think you told me about before. He voices Arnold 
in the show Hey Arnold. Yes. he Which is incredible. Voices Arnold and a few other characters. And he and a few other people in the movie, like minor characters, I think like the dentist and someone else are all voice actors. Yes. The skeleton did a lot of voice acting. He was in, he was apparently was Spider-Man in the animated TV oh, show movie. I don't know. Which uh, makes sense cuz he's not in the movie. He just does yeah. voice acting. Um the guy who plays the broom salesman was in The Wolf of Wall Street. Was he really? Yeah. Do you know what he played? Um oh, I don't remember the character's uh, don't name. Don't worry about it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, like he's been in since Halloween Town. Since Halloween Town. Oh, you forgot to mention the best part movies. is that Luke was also in an episode of Gilmore Girls. Yes. Which was way more important than anything else that we've mentioned so far. We should have mentioned that. We should have just mentioned that and then stopped this whole podcast. Could have been much shorter. He played a uh, a young Christopher. I don't think I have anything else. Do you? Um, no. I think we covered it. So overall, enjoyed the movie? Yeah, a positive, mostly positive experience. All right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And just to let you know, it's all going downhill from here. Excellent. Thank you. Except for High School Musical, which I know is a oh, 20 out of, of 10. I think we've got some time for that one. So I think it's a little Cannot bit of the future from wait. now. I'm going to sing along to it for days. Oh, great. I'll bring my uh, earmuffs. All right. So that was it for Halloween Town. The next movie we're going to do is from 1998 also, is called You Lucky Dog. And the fun thing about this movie is that I've never seen it, nor have I ever heard of it. We're going to experience it for the first time together. So that'll be pretty fun. So you guys can look forward to that next week. Yeah, that's about it. Hey, chocolate bar. Oh, my God. Bye. <laughs>